Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 224 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And our episode today is a discussion of 2022 ethics and compliance predictions and trends. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Hope you're staying healthy, safe, happy, busy. Uh, And thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Um, I thought we would do a little bit of uh, reflection on some ethics and compliance trends and what we expect. Um, This is a a little bit, uh, enjoy the new year, enjoy uh, sort of taking a look at where we are in the ethics and compliance profession and where do we anticipate going during this year. Before we get started, how about a word from our sponsor, Steel Compliance. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding and how your compliance program applies to -to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. So we're off to 2022 uh, already in the middle of February, and I thought it would be interesting, uh, maybe this is a little late, but uh, better late than never, as they say, Uh, and to talk about uh, ethics and compliance and where we're going, where we are. Um, and, you know, I, I often write that uh, I, I really enjoy uh, working and collaborating in the ethics and compliance profession because to be uh, an effective ethics and compliance uh, officer, you have to be optimistic. And to me, it's the only way to live a meaningful life. Uh, as the Dalai Lama says, choose to be optimistic. It feels better. Or as some would say, being a pessimist is too much of a burden. So we begin in the new year, and I'm optimistic um, to turn the corner here, uh, you know, on the pandemic, um, sort of settling the uh, sort of disruptions down, and hopefully the economy uh, continuing to perform and uh, some reduction in uh, inflation 
and supply chain management situations will improve. Let's, uh, let's, let's hope. So ethics and compliance professionals, uh, as optimists, believe in their mission. If they didn't, they would not be in the field. Uh, and I think they believe in the power of positive thinking, ethical conduct, and in the overall ability of an organization to operate and uh, follow uh, behavioral sort of norms as an ethical company. They work for their mission, and it is a positive mission. And so to me, this is a great time for ENC professionals to take stock on their compliance programs, plot out a path forward. I knew a lot of this budgeting I've noticed, you know, I'll get calls in the end of the year, and we'll talk about, you know, potential projects, priorities, things that should be done. Um, Look, there are a lot of things to be done. ENC professionals always face a long list of uh, to-do items, and they frankly end up in terms of prioritizing, making sort of risk assessments themselves as to what um, what they're going to you know what they're going to do. In terms of the profession and where I see some of the trends, <clears throat> the excuse me, ethics and compliance I think is poised for another big jump on the corporate. Uh, governance ladder, and this is a this is going to be a big year for ENC professionals. They're going to need to push their respective companies and senior management to support such efforts. And there are three significant trends, and I'll talk about uh, the, each of these. But and they're going to continue to play out this year that create opportunities for ethics and compliance professionals. And these three trends, which I will discuss in greater detail, are one the continued emphasis on the importance of corporate culture, two, the importance of ESG, and in particular, the G element. Uh, I call it the big G of ESG. And three, the current administration's aggressive enforcement and regulatory initiatives. Um, We're starting to see those come to fruition, and I think we're going to see more of those uh, as time goes on, and uh, this administration, I think, is committed to a really aggressive program, be it in antitrust, economic crime, FCPA, sanctions enforcement. Uh, we're going to see, uh, you know, an aggressive year. But let's go back first to corporate culture. All of a sudden, uh, you know, in the last few years, DOJ, I feel like, has uh, underscored the importance of this in their corporate guidance on making sure that there's a culture of compliance and ethics. And the ENC movement in the global business environment is perhaps the most significant development, I think, in the last decade. DOJ sort of caught up with the industry. Uh, business leaders, politicians, and significant stakeholders uh, have all embraced the importance of corporate culture as a company's most important intangible asset. And when we get into uh, ESG, we'll see how this corporate culture and uh, the sort of protection and promotion of it is an important element of good governance. And so there's a way to leverage the concept here when I'm talking about corporate culture with uh, ESG. Now, many business leaders were at the forefront of this movement, and they understand that the key to sustainable growth and success depends on a culture of compliance and ethics. Uh, The government has obviously played a key role in pushing this issue, but in the end, I believe it's the economics that ultimately resulted in broad acceptance of this concept. 
there could be a more cynical explanation, uh, but perhaps you know maybe that somehow as the government as the public lost face faith in its political leaders as moral representatives, uh, the public has turned to their immediate business leaders to represent and advance their common set of values. On the other hand, uh, I've, I've often cited this, uh, the research that just substantiates way beyond questioning, uh, the idea that uh, corporate cultures that are committed to ethics and compliance uh, are uh, more productive, more financially profitable over the long run on a sustainable basis. It doesn't take rocket science to, uh, scientists to figure that out. Employees are happier. There's less turnover. There's less misconduct. And at ethical companies, um, uh, employees believe in the mission of their company and therefore are more productive. So CEOs and senior leaders recognize it. Whether they know how to promote it and how to advance it, that's another question. Whether they know how to monitor it and keep care of it, that's another question. They all, all the senior leaders and CEOs know, well, we have reputational damage, that's terrible. There's a lot more to it than just reputational damage in terms of your intangible asset. Uh, reputational damage has consequences to your employees and to the mission and to their productivity and performance and misconduct rates. Whatever the impetus now, ENC professionals have to recognize this important uh, issue of corporate culture. They have to spend more time on it. It's more amorphous, and I, uh, I, I get it, and it's harder to, to sort of get your arms around it, and there are other people who want to get involved. But to me, the ethics and compliance professionals, this is the, one of their key missions, and that is to manage and promote their company's ethical cultures. ENC professionals have to embrace the need for building a robust ethical culture assessment and risk management process. They have to devote more time to measure and promote uh, their company's ethical, ethical culture and report on it to senior leadership and the board of directors as a way to educate the senior leadership, the CEO, and the board. And when, in, when needed, ENC ethics and compliance professionals have to push cultural remediation as a positive and necessary priority for compliance programs. In other words, as you're monitoring it, when you see deficiencies, when you see problems brewing, you have to intervene and try to um, protect and remediate the situation. Now, let's turn to ESG and the big G, as I call it. The ESG movement is an opportunity for ENC professionals. It's not a threat in any way to the importance of ethics and compliance programs. To the contrary, ENC professionals have to couch and rephrase their work in the overall context of corporate governance improvements. An effective ethics and compliance program is an essential part of overall corporate governance. As a result of this development, ENC professionals should take political advantage of this opportunity to secure a robust reporting and collaborative relationship with senior leadership and the board and relying upon and citing the need for ESG. Now, ENC professionals can elevate the importance of their own program and the need for investment in the program as a key to attract investors who are monitoring ESG performance. This will build the company's reputation for integrity in the marketplace 
and maximize protection against government investigations and enforcement. ENC professionals who understand this opportunity will continue to push and support ESG programs as a force multiplier for ethics and compliance. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and those who recognize it participate in the ESG process and use uh, that forum or that mechanism uh, to promote the G, the big G, and their ethics and compliance program as part of the big G are bound to see some big gains uh, in resources and hopefully in support for the compliance program. Now, I have, uh, you know, perhaps I've been the naysayer here, but I have argued that ENC professionals should not lead the ESG process, but they should participate in it and play a key role. Why? Because their skills are, their skill set, ENC professional skill set is very, very translatable to ESG. You're talking about building uh, corporate policies and procedures that cut across all parts of the business that require line of sight across the business, understanding of all the business, and you need an ESG program that's going to operate in those types of situations across the organization. Rare functions, it's rare for functions to cut across like this, and ESG in building controls has to rely upon the expertise that uh, uh, ENC professionals uh, bring to the table. So it's a natural partnership, but it's not a natural role to take over. And the reason I say that is because ENC professionals have plenty to do on their plate, and frankly, they need to be devoting more time to their culture, as I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast. So uh, ESG is definitely a huge trend. It's going to continue to be big, uh, and if not, it'll get bigger because once we see the SEC issuing disclosure rules this year, uh, which are anticipated, uh, that's going to be sort of another big development for uh, companies and for ENC professionals and ESG leaders. So uh, let's turn to the other trend that I mentioned, which was aggressive enforcement and regulatory oversight. You know, the legal uh, ethics and compliance paparazzi, I call them, uh, has continued to sort of push in legal writing and critiques, you know, negative or fear-based marketing strategies. And these client alerts, white papers, and other writings are all designed to scare corporate leaders into buying uh, legal ethics and compliance services. That's a mistake, and that's not the way to educate uh, the company. It's not the way to try to, you know, I always say fear-based compliance programs just don't work. Um, and I avoid that perspective. In fact, what ENC and ethics and compliance brings to the table is a positive message, is a message that will be more successful, will make more money over the long run if we invest in uh, additional resources and improvements for compliance programs. Um, and ENC professionals, I think, have done a great job in refashioning their message to the positive benefits. I don't hear as much about, you know, if we don't do this, we're going to end up in jail because nobody believes that and it's not a positive message. Um, ethical companies perform better in the marketplace. Make that your message. Case closed. No mas, as we say. 
nonetheless, uh, even though we're not going to use the fear-based um, sort of marketing for a program, we have to acknowledge that the risk environment for detection and prosecution by the Justice Department and regulatory agencies has increased. That doesn't mean that the messaging or planning for your compliance program should be radically altered. But like other risk management factors, this particular risk of enforcement has to be adjusted to reflect the new reality. Uh, there are indications all over from the regulatory agencies on up um, and at the Justice Department that enforcement is ramping up and expectations are ramping up. Speeches are being given by every component and the leader of every component of DOJ basically saying this. And uh, I think it's going to come to fruition. It's going to take time. It doesn't occur overnight, but we're going to start to see it. And what that means is there's going to be increased enforcement of export controls and sanctions, money laundering, uh, FCPA, antitrust, uh, civil and criminal enforcement in the antitrust division, uh, as well as other areas uh, related to regulatory enforcement, environmental laws, environmental crimes, uh, civil enforcement of the environmental laws is also going to increase. So that to the extent your risk profile touches these areas, uh, ethics and compliance professionals have to focus and have to adjust uh, their oversight and management of these risks, not out of fear or threats of going to jail, but as a proper response to an overall risk environment. Um, we've also already began, besides DOJ, we've already started to see that the SEC is committed to increasing penalties and they are bound to release additional regulations surrounding ESG disclosures. These new regulations are going to have a dramatic impact on corporate disclosures, internal management of ESG programs, and overall corporate risk management on ESG issues. ENC professionals, like I said, should be significant partners in the ESG program and will play a critical uh, role in this area. Data management uh, is also going to be, and privacy concerns are already significant risks. Uh, and this is, I think, we're going to see more enforcement here by the, the CFPB, the FTC, and uh, DOJ in appropriate circumstances. Uh, and so we've got to be aware of sort of cybersecurity, data management, and privacy risks, and the implications that uh, come from that, uh, because we not, we're going to see not only uh, sort of federal enforcement increasing, even though the Congress can't pass a law that would sort of impose federal requirements in this area, but the regulatory agencies are certainly ramping up to do it, particularly the FTC, uh, that these types of risks, again, are going to increase. And obviously, they carry with them collateral class actions and litigation uh, in uh, situations where we have data breaches uh, and privacy laws violations, be it in California uh, or be it in uh, other states as well in terms of enforcement ramping up. So those are all types of situations that have to be taken into account as we build and operate our program during 2022. And we need these adjustments to be reflected in the way that we approach our risk uh, management structure. 
So that's a that's a look at uh, sort of what the year ahead um, looks like, uh, and uh, it should be an interesting year. Again, I'm an optimist, and I know that the ENC profession, I know that uh, that the ENC professionals are going to respond appropriately, and hopefully, we're going to advance our programs in uh, new and exciting areas uh, in response to these sort of trends. So. Uh, Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week for another episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.
testing, testing.